Welcome to this week's episode of Here We Journey with Pastor Greg. I'm glad to be back. My apologies for not having this uh, episode out last week. I got caught up in other things and working on some projects. It's been a little bit of a crazy time here at the house, so we're back at it, though. We're back at getting things done this week. I want to provide uh, some updates because I have told you that I wanted to include you on some of the journeys I'm on personally. So one of them is ministry. What is my next ministry? Where am I going? What am I doing? I'm still working on a possible ministry site new ministry site, expanding a program that has had great success in Michigan. My dear friend from seminary and the godmother of one of my three kiddos, one of the godmothers, expanding what she does down into Arizona. It's a great ministry. I've had some good conversations. I'm going to resume some of those conversations this coming week and into the weeks to come. I've been working on some paperwork, creating kind of the initial budget for that ministry, trying to get some things into into writing so that when I start having serious conversations with possible funders and partners, we know what we're looking at. Uh, Ministry, and this type of ministry specifically, ministry needs money. Ministry needs money to be able to do a lot of things. The church has monthly bills just like we have monthly bills at home. Churches have to pay the lights And pay the water just like we have to pay the lights and water back at home. Now the ministry that I'm looking at may not have those specific bills monthly. But there will be other things that have to be paid for and accounted for. So I'm working on figuring out what those costs may be to give me and possible funders a better idea. Of what we're talking about here. Um, so that's exciting. It's not necessarily the most like. Social media or. Uh, other media. Excitement but it's. It's kind of fun. To research and do. That type of work. As you're preparing. The other thing as far as ministry goes. Is tomorrow. Monday. Monday. I am meeting with a local pastor in my denomination to have a conversation. To have a conversation to see if our personalities, our philosophies, our drive are a good match before we start any sort of official, formal conversations because this would be a possible staff situation where I am one of many staff members at this church. So to talk about, you know, 
where does this senior pastor see their ministry going? Where, Where's the ministry of the church headed? With my personality type, the kind of large personality that I have often, the unrelenting, oftentimes, focus on serving and helping and addressing uh, the marginalized people in our communities as well as injustices through proclaiming the grace, peace, and mercy, and most importantly, love that we have been shown by the divine. Are those good mixes? Is that a good match with this congregation? Surprisingly, it's not always a good match. Uh, for ministry. My personality is also not always a great match with others. I am a type A personality. I have my own quirks and unique ways of doing things. I can be very straightforward, which sometimes can be frustrating for others. I have high standards. So all these things come into play. I don't want to ever be a a problem. I don't want to say a problem, but something that, or someone, a leader that has a negative impact on the places that I am. My goal, nonprofit, ministry, regardless, is always to leave a place better then I entered into it. Sometimes that's by having difficult conversations. Sometimes that's by asking the tough questions that make people uncomfortable and lead people to maybe some harsh reality that maybe they weren't ready for. But I always leave and always plan on leaving in a positive way way and I always it's it's the Stephen Covey uh, one of his seven habits of highly successful people is start with the end in mind always start a project whatever you're working on with the end in mind now that may shift a little bit but if you start with the end in mind you are more likely to do what needs to be done to reach that end. So anytime I've stepped into an organization, church-related or nonprofit-related, I've always stepped in from day one saying, okay, everything I do, I need to do it so that when I leave, because eventually I may leave, it may be 5, 10, 15 years later, Or it could be very suddenly uh, because of a health issue or some sort of crisis that occurs. So I always am working with this understanding of the end in mind. That's why I write things down. That's why I create some files and try to make it so that whoever comes after me understands what's going on as well as has some sort of road map forward. Whether they follow or not, that's up to them. But for me, 
it's important to have this type of mindset. So I'm going to have a great conversation tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see where the spirit moves and where the spirit is calling me. The other journey that I started really a week ago today is I have officially begun my next half marathon training cycle. My mom asked me earlier this year if I would be interested and willing to run a second half marathon with her in celebration of her birthday next year. So I said yes. We did a half marathon together. Oh, it was probably six, seven, eight years ago or so. When we were still living in Nebraska, it was the Council Bluffs, Iowa, uh, half uh, Gambler Half Marathon. It was fun. It was cool to do it with, I mean, we didn't run step by step with each other, but it was cool to do the event together. So we're both starting our process of training. I had been doing a lot of walking with my son. Almost daily going for at least a mile to two mile walks. Then last Sunday, I ran, well, I attempted to run a mile. And I say I attempted because I I kind of failed. I failed miserably, in fact. I kind of fell down on the job. I went into it. With a mindset that, oh, this will be easy, and it turned out not to be as easy. I had gone a couple days without some medicine. I'm also the heaviest I have been physically. And I started the mile way too fast. Had I kept the pace that I was going the mile would have been like a 10-minute mile. Even when I was in the best of shape and running on a very consistent regular basis, 60, 70 pounds lighter than I currently am, a 10-mile minute was, or 10-minute mile was pushing it for me. I think the fastest I ever did a mile at that point was like 9 minutes and 40-some seconds. Um, a, a decent, respectable time, in my opinion. But that was years ago, and it had been three, about three years since I really, maybe even a little longer, since I really ran on a regular, consistent basis. So, it did not go well. I had to stop about halfway through. Because I couldn't breathe and, um, it, yeah, my heart rate was way higher than it should be. But I caught my breath and I walked the rest of the mile. Even after the official event of this parent mile was over, I, I went and did it. The next day, the next morning, I laced up my running shoes 
again. And went out for my first training session. I say training session because right now I am in a walk for a few minutes, then shuffle slash jog for a minute uh, phase right now. So it's going to be a long build. I plan on doing the training cycle that I did for my first half marathon. And it's a 26-week training plan. At the end of that 26 weeks, I will be in, I should be, in pretty decent shape. And I will start another half marathon training program in hopes and with the plan, starting with the, the end in mind, with the goal of this eighth half marathon being my fastest half marathon. This is the first time I've said that out loud. But I have a, around a year to get ready. And if I do it right, and if I stay consistent and committed, it's possible. So that's 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 my goal. That's the other big journey I'm on right now is kind of reclaiming that physical fitness and health that I once had. Getting back to that that place. So I did my three workouts this past week. Nothing super big. I think it was basically two miles, two miles, and then three miles. Um, which is a lot. And I kept the daily walks with my son happening. So this past week I'm feeling good about how physically active I was. This coming week, I got some momentum behind me. I'm going to keep moving forward. So, now that we're about halfway through this episode, those are some updates on what's going on on some of my journeys. I want to spend the next 10-15 minutes talking about something else, though. I want to talk about feedback. The last episode I posted was not perfect. There were some audio issues. I was told that my voice was too quiet at times. And then when I was coughing, even though I pulled away from the mic, those coughs were very loud. So I hope that I've made the adjustments that I needed to to rectify the volume, but I only knew that because someone told me that someone was my wife, my dear sweet wife who listens to every episode that I've put out thus far of this podcast. I think she might deserve some sort of reward because she's putting up with listening to the podcast as well as listen to me at home, so uh, I'm very fortunate that she supports me as much as she does, so I love you, babe. Um, but she, she had to give me the feedback about the podcast, and she did it, she, she did it the way that she knew I needed to hear it. She started off with, 
in love and then continued. And by saying it that way, I was able to hear it as feedback versus criticism. We have been together for 18 years. Dating, engaged, married. 18 years. I, and she knows I don't always do well. I don't really do well at all with criticism or when I perceive something being a criticism. One of two things happen. I either get really defensive or I internalize it and I criticize myself even more. Now, I mentioned on another episode the Enneagram, an Enneagram type one, number one, which means I have a very vocal inner critic, a very harsh inner critic. So that can lead into a not so great feedback loop inside my brain. But even with that, that doesn't mean I should avoid feedback because how do we improve? How do we make things better ourselves, whatever we're, a product we're putting out, our work, without feedback? Even in seminary, I struggled with receiving feedback after preaching. In my seminary classes, we had to, in my preaching classes, we had to do student or peer evaluations as well as professor evaluation on these sermons. And it always made me really nervous. And I really didn't always take it super well because I have some struggles and I think I've mentioned them in previous episodes where the sound of my voice has been something I've received what I consider criticism about. I also, being dyslexic, really don't like reading in public. I really struggle reading in public. And my first preaching class, the professor wanted us to preach from a manuscript. And I... I really struggled with that. It was really hard for me. It added an additional layer of anxiety. So receiving feedback about that was difficult for me. But again, the feedback I did receive was vital for me to grow and become a better preacher. I like to think I'm at least half decent. Uh, others say I'm pretty darn good, but I like to say I'm half decent at it. So I, I had to receive that feedback. So I had to receive the feedback about the podcast, or I wouldn't have known that I needed to make a couple adjustments. So feedback is not bad. Whereas in my brain, I often associate feedback to be just outright criticism and a negative. 
I really struggle with that. So I need to be aware of that internally. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people out there that will criticize us no matter how good of a job we are doing or how hard we are trying. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when someone is coming to you with the best of intentions or with good intentions to try to make you aware of something to be better about. And this applies not just to our work, to podcasts or if you're an artist or any of those types of things. That also applies to us as people, right? There are times where we are bound to step in it, to make a mistake and not be aware of it. And then we have basically two options in front of us. Continue to do it because no one has brought it to our attention. Or have it brought to our attention and then respond accordingly. I'm not saying we need to take every feedback that we are given. But a lot of the feedback that we are given is good. Does does have the potential of making us better people. I'll give you an example. I was working out east, east coast in the metro DC area. This was right after I was out of college. I did an AmeriCorps year in Pennsylvania. My first job was working for an organization in the DC area. I was in the office and I said a phrase that back at home in the South in Texas was an everyday phrase. No big deal. But I said it and I said it in front of a African descent individual and he very quickly told me the implications of that phrase, which I'm not going to say here, but it was a phrase that rightly so could be taken to imply slavery and going back to that time. So I get it. I got it. I, I was affronted. I mean, at the time, I remember being upset, being a little angry. How dare he? You know, say this, he, he's being too sensitive or whatever the case may be. But now, gosh, 15, no, be 2006, 16 years ago, roughly. I look back at that and I go, I get it now. I understand. It took me a long time. To get it. Because in a similar vein, I said something more recently, just a few, six, seven, eight years or so ago, that had a similar 
connotation. And it's a phrase that we so often do hear. It's a, it's another way of saying, call, to call a thing what it is. I'm not going to say it again here because, again, I have come to the understanding that that particular phrase that I used to use on a regular basis does have some racism attached to it. I didn't know, though, until someone brought it to my attention. And again, I remember I was a little put off. How dare someone say that to me? Don't they know? And had all that typical response. But they weren't, they weren't saying it to me to tell me I'm a bad person. They were trying to educate me, increase my awareness and understanding so that I could do and be better. So criticism, feedback, I, I really do try to phrase these things because I think, again, criticism is something different. Feedback, critique, that's that's... When that happens, people are trying to help. Sometimes the delivery is wrong. Sometimes it's not the time or the place. There's all that stuff to deal with, which we won't deal with here. But in and of itself, I would be willing to say more often than not, when someone is giving us feedback informing us of something that we can improve, it's it's with the best of intentions behind it. It's not something where they are trying to make us feel bad or uh, lower our self-esteem or say we're bad people or we're not good at something. Usually it's so that we can be better. Now, again, there are certain things that even Pastor Greg right here should not do because I'm just not good at it. I'm not the person that you want to bring a car to to have it worked on. I'm not good at that. And if you're trying to do something that you're just not good at and you don't have the aptitude for, even that feedback is necessary so that you can make the transition or the refocus on something that you can get better at and that you can do. Or maybe you're a little bit more like me too where that feedback can drive you to be better and do better at that whatever I option. Again, Yes, I fully admit I'm not a mechanic. I am not someone that can open up the hood of a car and say, oh, your X, Y, and Z is leaking. Not this guy. I'll pray over your car. I'll pray that you, you know, are able to get to someone that can help you. I'll help you make a phone call. But I'm not the one that you want to do any sort of major mechanical work on a car. I can change oil on some cars. 
I can change a tire. I can do some very basic stuff. Beyond that, I can help you get to a service station. I can, I'm good at that. I can pull up my phone and type into the GPS oil change location. That I can do. But I also had to learn that and accept that. I love classic cars. And part of me kind of would like to be a car guy. But I understand my my brain just doesn't process mechanical information in the way necessary. Plus, let's be honest. Nowadays, with all these computers and whatnot that they have in a car, it's just too much. God bless people that work. But again, I had to kind of learn and be exposed and be told, hey, look, this this may not be for you. Okay, cool. Is it a blow to the ego? Absolutely. Or it can be. But again, I do believe when we're given that feedback, there is good that can come from it. Now, criticism is different. Criticism is when you're, you know, kind of attacking the person's worth or value or attacking their 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 personhood that's that's not good that's not okay we need to stop that but saying hey look i notice you're working on this here's a pointer here's maybe something that you can approve him cool all right like I'm still going to have to process it and think about it and, you know, filter it and make sure it's something that I believe will ultimately be beneficial. That was actually something I picked up through seminary and even my psychological evaluations and some of the tests that I went through to even go through the process. The psychiatrist said, look, I'm going to give you a binder. And he did. I'm going to give you a binder of all these different tests and some of the evaluations. And in there, there will be some things that are recommendations that maybe you can work on. And I want you to look at that list and I want you to say, okay, these are some things, or at least these four things out of this list of eight are things I do want to work on and I do want to get better about. These other things are... That's who I am. It is what it is. Knowing that, you know what, those four other things that you're not working on might rub someone the wrong way. It was feedback. And I probably did take around half of those recommendations and really tried to work on them. That list, though, became important when I was getting other feedback from, like, internship and classes where I could sit down with the feedback that I had just received and I would occasionally look at these psychological evaluations and say, oh, okay, there is a common line here. Is it something I need to change or is this something I'm comfortable with being part of who I am? And it was a mixed bag sometimes. Again, it was sometimes my personality is a little bit big. Sometimes a, a little bit too 
blunt and straightforward with what I think is right or wrong. That can upset some people, especially when it comes to a pastor, right? You don't want a pastor who has very clear-cut things that are right or wrong. You don't always want that type of pastor talking to you when you're trying to work through some things. So it's feedback to get better. And we have a choice. We can take the feedback and look at it and say, look, I don't know what the person was thinking or feeling when they gave me this feedback. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it and look at it as if it was from a place of wanting to help, of wanting to help me be even better than what I am, to improve on something. Looking at it as Martin Luther talks about with the Eighth Commandment, in the best possible light. And looking at this feedback and saying, okay, this is the feedback. It was delivered with good intent. Now, what am I going to do with it? I can either ignore it, and that's my choice, or I can look at it and say, okay, this is something that I can improve on. This is something I can work on and work on it. And I think that that's what we should do. It's hard. Again, going back to what I said at the very beginning, I say this as someone who does still struggle with receiving feedback. And so help me. If you ever call me and tell me, hey, we need to talk, I'm going to spend the entire time in in between when you call me or send me that email or text until we are actually able to talk, racking my brain about what is it that we need to talk about. What have I done? Where have I messed up? Where have I dropped a ball? All those things will be flooding my brain. So I, again... I'm saying this as someone who struggles with these things or is at least aware that this is what happens when someone brings me feedback. So this podcast episode is just as much for me as it is for you. So now now comes my challenge because I've gone a little bit long. When you're given feedback this coming week, if you are typically the type of person that reacts the way I do, with all the the cycles, the circles of all you know self-criticism, or if you're someone that gets angry, how dare they even mention that I need to improve on something? If you react that way, or however you react, the next time someone gives you feedback. I want you to take a breath. Take a step back. Close your eyes if you have to. And say, what is the best intention that I can get from this feedback? Looking at this person, whoever they are, whether you know they like you or not, and more importantly, if you know they dislike you, 
what is it in this feedback that is valid and good that can help me be a better person, better parent, better spouse, better worker, better artist, better podcaster, better whatever. How can I take this feedback and improve on what I'm trying to do? Just try that. If you do it once, maybe try it again and build that habit. So my friends, as always, anyone that is hearing my voice right now, know that you make this world a better place simply by being in it. You are loved. You are valued. You matter. I give thanks for you. You are loved by many. You are loved by the divine, by God, by spirit, whatever you call that, the cosmos. You matter. You do make this world a better place simply by being who you are. Until next week, my friends, be well, be safe, be careful, and as we tell my youngest or oldest when she goes off to school, be kind and make good choices. <laughs>